0: on the field and inside the clubhouse this is brewers extra innings now broadcasting live from american family field
1: here's matt Bollard. brewers open up their series against the reds with a 6-3 victory all the way around pretty good performances home runs off the bat of willie adamas and rowdy Telez. They get a good pitching performance from Brandon Woodruff. He strikes out 12 in five and two-thirds innings. Luis Urias returns to the lineup. He has a hit. He has an RBI, so all the way around. Good day today for the crew as they open up their series against the Reds with a victory. Welcome into to Brewers Extra Innings. We're here on 94.5 ESPN tonight with Bucks coverage on WTMJ. That means the number to get in contact with us, it's a little bit different than normal. If you do want to call or text, you can call the First Midwest Bank talk and text line. That phone number is... Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six eight hundred nine nine zero ESPN or, like always, you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air M A T T P A U L E Y on air. This is a game where. You know, for a while, it felt like the Brewers are kind of letting the Reds stick around. That run in the bottom of the eighth inning felt like a big run. Also, we have a little bit of information on why it was Devin Williams closing it out not Josh Hader. Hader's just a little bit banged up, and uh, we didn't know about that until post game today with manager Craig Council. So we've got a lot to get to. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. The first Midwest Bank talk and text line available at 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst. He joins me coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers X Training.
0: 1 1 pitch. Adamas, a drive out to center. Sinzella's is back at the track. He looks up. Bye bye, baseball. The reigning NL player of the week. Gets this week started off right with a three-run blast to center. And
1: the Brewers grab a 3-0 lead. They go on to win by three runs, 6-3 the final. Brewers X-Trainings does continue here on 94.5 ESPN. If you want to join us, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. That is the first Midwest Bank talk and text line with that. Let's bring in Vinny Retino, former brewer and uh, also Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. And uh, let's start off with this, Vinny. I'm going to embarrass you a little bit because uh, people who follow you on Twitter... Uh, uh, saw something uh, pretty cool here over the last uh, couple days. I want to make sure I get the wording correctly. Uh, you have been hired as the uh, new uh, scouting director for Prep Baseball Report, PBR Wisconsin. So you're going to be even more involved with uh, youth baseball and uh, looking at kids and helping them get to the next level and uh, just everything that uh, advocates for prep baseball in the state of Wisconsin needs, you're going to be doing. So congratulations on that. I want to start with that.
2: Thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. No, it is... You do put me on the spot, no, because I am humbled by this opportunity because, look, I was a player that – I played Division Three baseball. I had three schools recruit me, and I had to go that route in order to play at the next level in professional baseball. And so this is an organization that just kind of exposes and highlights players – all over the country, but I, I really take pride in the fact that they named me the scouting director of Wisconsin, so we can shine that, you know, bright light, so to speak, on players from the, from a cold we- weather state. Here, we had, there's like 40 D1 commits in this in the state. Back when I played, there's like three. So, um, you know, it, PBR has a lot to do with that. So I'm excited. Very good.
1: Um, congratulations again, Wolves. We'll, we'll, we may bring that up again every once in a while with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, let Let's get into uh, this game tonight. Willie Adamas hits the three run home run. I ran the numbers. Admittedly, it's a tiny sample size because it's only eight games. But in his last eight games, going back to April 25th, Vinny, Willie's hitting uh, 303, five home runs, 13 RBIs with a 1,200 OPS. Uh, he, he got an award earlier uh, this week. I mean, this, he looks like who he was at his best last year, which is saying something.
2: So the the change in the adjustment that he made was to couple of things start a little bit earlier with that leg kick and two he's just uh trying to Stay more direct to the baseball. If you remember when he came over from Tampa, he was really kind of swinging uphill, swinging underwater, trying to chase that launch angle. And the adjustment that he made in the last week or or 10 days or so since he's been super hot is just literally keep that barrel up. And we saw this from him last year, and I'm not sure why he he needed some maintenance in order to get back to that. But I see personally like how how direct and short and quick the bat is now and how much more barrel accuracy he has. And he's not missing pitches. Early on, he was late. He was, like I said, swinging underneath, and he was missing, missing hittable pitches. Um, <clears throat> and so now now he's he's hitting them out of the ballpark. So that's a really good sign for this offense.
1: Uh, you uh... – You said something really interesting there. You used the term chase that launch angle. I want to get into that with you a little bit because we look at Christian Yelich and we say – okay, here's a guy who's hitting the ball as hard as anybody in Major League Baseball, but as he has not been, for the most part this year, when he has not been performing at a high level, he has been hitting these balls really hard, but they've been on the ground. And amateurs like me sit there and say, well, if he adjusts the launch angle, then he's going to get some loft on it. He's going to hit it that hard. There's going to be some loft. He's going to start putting it into the gaps. and He's going to start putting it over the wall. And now you talk about Willie Adamas and change chasing the launch angle so what's the what's that like medium point or how do you go about that as a player where you know that launch angle is a thing but at the same time you don't chase it
2: yeah it gets super complicated again depending on the player so so just to to give like a, a high level explanation so so basically you players are when I say chasing launch angle players understand that their OPSs go up just by hitting more fly balls. If you just look at raw data, if you hit the ball on the ground, I think hitters for a batting average hit like 270. If you hit line if you hit a line drive 100% of the time, you would hit like 700, okay, for a batting average. Obviously, players don't hit a line drive every time. If you hit a fly ball, your batting average goes up and your OPS goes up because you're going to end up driving balls over the fence. So so that's just the raw data on that. Um, but you, what you don't want to do is change your swing in order to hit more fly balls, in my opinion. Now, there's some debate about this that's going around baseball. Um, what you want to do is adjust that contact point. You will hit the ball in the air if you catch the ball out in front. That's just flat out, right? So if if you look at a swing, the swing goes down and then as it goes further out in front as the arms extend, the swing actually naturally has some loft to it. It starts to go up. Okay, so what you want to do is adjust your contact point, in my opinion, and that's what I think you see like a Christian Yelich. He's got more of a natural, like, downward swing, but you just want to make sure that you're catching the ball out in front. I think that's Christian Yelich's problem at times, is that he's late. The later you are, the more you're going to end up hitting the ball on the ground. With Willie Adamas, I thought he's been chasing and, and the barrel's been dipping below the baseball a little bit. And then because, again, I think players have it in their mind that they want to hit the ball up in the air. I I think that players are starting to understand they want to hit the ball out in front now, and that's going to get you those line drives and those home runs. Um, and so it, it, there's some debate about this question that you're asking me, Matt. So it actually is super complicated um but i do think in the back of players minds they're they're kind of trying to lift the baseball um but in my opinion they need to get back to hit more line drives the amazing thing on all this is we're we're talking about centimeters
1: and millimeters yeah. difference i mean it is it is so minute and it just goes
2: into how hard it is to hit yeah. at any level but certainly especially at the major league level it's the hardest thing to do in sports. Well, I mean, I, I could I could actually debate that playing golf is probably harder because the ball is just sitting there and I can't hit it straight. But um, <laughs> hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do, arguably, in sports because they're throwing 95 miles an hour. It, it, if you wait... Uh, And to see the baseball before you decide to swing and before you sell out completely for a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, it is by you. You will not hit it. Players have to cheat. In their minds, they have to say, okay, a fastball's coming. I'm going to sell out for it, meaning they're going to attack it out in front. Now, they're so skilled that their eyes can adjust and their bodies can adjust to something else. Or if the ball's over the head, over their head, they can say, yes, 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 and then shut it down. No, that's a ball. That's how you hit Okay, that's how hard it is, because now there's 90 mile an hour sliders. If you're looking at Corbin Burns that are falling off the table and change ups and and, and that's so it is very, very difficult to hit to answer your question. And you are talking about centimeters and millimeters. It actually is amazing how quickly you lose these skills as well. That's why you play every day. That's why you hit every day in order to maintain these skills. Um, And so it's uh, it's incredibly difficult. 6-3
1: 6-3 Brewers get the win against Cincinnati to open up the series. Good pitching performance from Brandon Woodruff. He has 12 strikeouts. We'll talk about his day coming up in just a moment on 94.5 ESPN. It's Brewers
0: Extra Innings with Matt Polly on ESPN Milwaukee. One-two pitch, line drive down the left field line. That is a base hit for Urias. Narvaez around third. He's gonna score. It's an RBI single as Kane ends up at third, and the Brewers lead it four to two.
1: Welcome back, Wecho. 6-3. Brewers get the win over the Reds. Brewers X earnings continues from American Family Field. I'm Matt Pauley, Vinny Retino, former brewer joining me. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776 800-990-ESPN That is the first Midwest Bank talk and text line. Vinny, I'm not breaking any news when I say Brandon Woodruff is at his best when the fastball is effective and you look at the numbers from his four-seamer tonight. He throws it 38 uh, times. That's 40% of all the pitches he throws. He throws it for a strike 82% of the the time the whiff rate on it is 33 percent of the 24 swings eight or swings and misses uh, that is that's a big number for a fastball fastball is not a, uh, a swing and a miss pitch and, and he threw it as hard as uh, almost 98 miles per hour like you you read all those numbers and what that tells you is that's a really good day for Woodruff with the fastball that's probably going to turn into a pretty good day overall and then he was able to use his other pitches playing off the fastball
2: Yes, yeah, so when Brandon's fastball is, well, first of all, when it's in that velo range of the 90, you know, he, he threw a bunch at 97, a bunch, and he topped out at 98, so that's when he's feeling really good, and he talked about it in the post-game of how he was super synced up, right? The arm, the lower body, everything comes out effortless for him. I think this is the first time we've actually seen it like this, and when he's like that, he's not fighting himself, he's able to command everything. If you remember that first start against the Cubs, he was not able to command anything. He missed a lot out over the plate, he got hit, he walk guys, just something that we're not seeing and we haven't seen from Woodruff and so it's telling that it's like so he actually as simple as his delivery looks right it's got a little bit shorter arm action, it's all in line he's, a, he's incredibly athletic it's actually a, it seems to be a little bit more maintenance for him to get everything synced up because he talks about it a lot right, um, but he, he does an absolutely phenomenal job of getting it synced up and so we saw that tonight Hopefully it carries over, obviously, into some consistency in him doing that. But when his his fastball is effortless and it's 98, that's when he's able to command it and that's when he's able to set everything else up. So um, just a phenomenal outing by him.
1: Seemed like the secondary pitch that he set up the most was the changeup. He mm-hmm. threw that 23 times, got a bunch of swings and misses on it. There was a 13-mile-per-hour differential today between the fastball and the changeup.
2: Which, yeah, so good luck trying to hit that. And then he he's tweaked it, it what, for what I've seen. He's tweaked the changeup where it now has more lateral run, meaning it doesn't go down as much anymore. It goes across. So that's hard to to cover both that fastball at the top of the zone for both-handed hitters, mostly to lefties, and then that changeup that really fades to arm side, right, away from a lefty. Um, that's very difficult to, to cover, and then especially at the velo difference they're going to be swinging, and we saw that a bunch, swinging way out in front and, and running out of barrel is what they say. So the bat runs out of space to hit. And um, that's what, so the other thing, Brandon Woodruff, I've noticed, and and he's talked about that, is he's tightened up his slider as well. So he's, he throws that more consistently now. And we're actually seeing a little bit more usage out of the slider this year um, than what we saw last year. He, he almost, towards the end of the year, he almost went exclusive Away from the slider, mostly change up and curveball for a secondary stuff. So these guys are always tweaking stuff, and it's just amazing how good this pitching staff is.
1: It's amazing to me how during the Craig Council David Stearns era of Brewers baseball, the Brewers always have some, some interesting, unique pieces in the bullpen. And you know, a guy like Brent Suter is a change up. Uh, the game kind of pitcher. But uh, it's not an apples to apples because we always knew that Josh Hader was headed towards a bullpen roll and we know that Aaron Ashby is going to be a starter and he's going to get starts this year. But in many ways, the way Ashby was used today, there's some similarities to how Josh Hader was used early on in his career when he was asked to go get uh, a couple innings worth of work. Maybe he would get seven or eight outs. Again, a little bit different, but what a weapon to have in, in Ashby. He's not going to pitch every day you got you know he's going to pitch on select days so it's not always going to be based off the situation which you need him there's more of a schedule there but when he's available to go give you two and a third like he did today that's something that not many teams have in their bullpen
2: certainly and you know it's a hat tip to the front office a hat tip to Craig Council being willing to know that they have a weapon and we've seen this from Freddie Peralta in the past we've seen this you mentioned Josh Hader in the past so we've even seen it from Adrian Hauser at times when he was really effective out of the pen so hat tip to them to to understand like this guy yes he's a starter most teams would ship him down to AAA in order to get starts until there's room for him to start and maybe not extend his clock and start his clock for our, towards arbitration as soon, but you know what? The Brewers like, let's get outs. I love that Craig Council refers to these guys as out-getters, and what an out-getter Aaron Ashby has been for the Brewers. A 2-3-3 three, three ERA, punches everybody out. When he's in the zone, he's as good as anybody in the league. It's nasty 98 mile hour sink with Three really good secondary offerings as well. What a, what a weapon. You said it. It's, it's a really small thing, but I think it's notable, and I think it shows some trust
1: from Craig Council. Vinny, we see it all the time. you got these young pitchers coming up. They're, they're guys who are on track to be starters, and you're scheduling them to pitch in certain games, and it's kind of a piggyback situation. And Ashby was going to be the guy coming in. Most managers out there in those situations, they try to bring those pitchers in for a clean inning. They don't bring Ashby in for the clean inning. He does give up an inherited runner today, but I, I do think it's notable about his the trust that they have in him that they're willing to kind of not coddle him and not baby him into a situation where it has to be a clean inning that they bring him in to close out an inning and then continue on from there.
2: No, I love that. That's really insightful, Matt, because at the end of the day, if you remember his Major League debut, it was a debacle, right? I mean, there was an error by by Willie Adamas. You could tell there was some nerves. Then the error happened by Willie Adamas to get out of that first inning. It would have turned out much differently if, if that double play was turned, but it wasn't, and then the wheels fell off. This kid went out in front of the media and stood his ground, was super composed, has a big league mindset, right? He has the pet pedic- his uncle is is Andy Ashby so there's a lot of pedigree there, and he went out there i mean so so that's the reason why they trust this guy if he was scared by that third deck if he was scared by those bright lights, then you would probably treat him in his development at the big league level a little bit differently. They know that he can handle those situations in a tight ball game. Every one of these games is difficult, even though I don't think this game, there was any question, the Brewers, it felt like there was no question the Brewers were going to win this game against the Reds, in my mind. It was weird, actually, the way that this game fell, but um, it's still a big league game, and they still have the trust in him to go out there and, and finish off that inning and then, and then get two more. So that, that is very insightful and, and cool that the Brewers view him that way.
1: Brewers get the 6-3 win over the Reds tonight. We'll still hear from manager Craig Council, still go back through the game with the highlights, and we've got some uh, text messages text messages to get to as well. That's all coming up. Brewers get the win, 6-3 over the Reds. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
3: Brewers Extra Innings
0: with Matt Polly on ESPN Milwaukee.
3: Renfro is due next, the pitch. Rowdy is swinging a fly ball to left and deep. for Rowdy Tellez. And the Brewers add one more on an opposite field home run against the left-hander, Philip Deal. Rowdy Tellez with his fifth of the year.
1: A 6-3 win for the Brewers. They make a little history in the process as well. Brandon Woodruff has 12 strikeouts and is the first time in franchise history that Brewers starting pitchers have struck out 10 or more batters in three consecutive appearances. It started with Eric Lauer striking out 11 in Game 2 against the Cubs. Then Corbin Burns struck out 10 in the series finale against the Cubs. And then Brandon Woodruff has the 12 strikeout performance today. Pete in go texting in says, "I know it's early, but Brewers pitching is on pace, saying that the pace is at one thousand six hundred eighty seven to break the major league baseball record for most total strikeouts in the season. The record one thousand six hundred seventy one mentions that they currently have nine pitchers with a uh, strikeout to nine innings rate above ten it could have if if everybody stays healthy." They could break that record. Uh, we're, we're living in an era of Major League Baseball right now where bluntly that record should be broken because of how prevalent strikeouts are. So that that's a record that hypothetically could be going down on a year-by-year basis until Major League Baseball figures out a way to reduce the number of strikeouts. So it's it's certainly possible. It's very early on in the season. We're a month in, but they're, they're well, well beyond that pace. As he mentions, 1,687 is what the pace that they're on right now. 1,671 uh, is the record. Do they stay on this pace? They don't have to stay on this pace. Uh, so, yeah, it is uh, it is something to watch. Uh Text message from the uh, 775 from uh, Jerry and Bayview. Fun game to listen to, especially uh, with Rowdy's home run. Doug texting in. Says if they keep scoring runs like this for Woodruff, he could easily come close to 20 wins. What a difference from last year. Already three wins. It's nice to have a threat back at third base. Big difference. But move him up in the lineup. Talk about Luis Urias a little. Needs more at bats. He's an RBI guy. Yeah, It's funny how one season can change things from, you know, from one to the next because Woodruff was just getting zero run support last year pitching well not getting wins now this year he's getting run support and he's getting wins Where it's Corbin Burns who's not getting any run supports I know Doug talks about wins a lot like that the bottom line is winning the games and the Brewers did not win uh, Corbin Burns last start and he obviously didn't get a win either as far as Luis Urias Doug I think you're jumping the gun a little bit here Uh, it's it's his first game back Let's just see let, let him let him ro- settle in. He's gonna move up if if his numbers are what they were last year it's he's going to be middle of the order kind of guy. If he's hitting for power the way he was last year, this is his first game in. Let him settle in, let him be in the 9 spot and just give it a little bit of time and everything is going to be uh, everything's going to be fine from there. So, I'm not too worried about. First off, I'm not really a big lineup guy. I know there's a lot of people out there that like a, like to make a really big deal about the lineup. Um I, that that's not my thing and uh, it's it's all going to work out at the end of the day. He's going to move up. First game back, it's all right. All right, we will get the postgame comments from manager Craig Council. That's next. Brewers get the 6-3 win against the Reds tonight. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Milwaukee. Now the windup
3: and the pitch. Swing and a miss. He blew him away. Upstairs again with number one. Strikeout number 10 for Woodruff tonight.
1: Twelfth career time for Woodruff that he has struck out 10 or more in a game. 6-3. Brewers get the win over Cincinnati to open up this three-game series. It is, I'm not trying to beat a team when they're down, but it is remarkable. How few games the Reds have won this year. They're three and nineteen. That by itself, I you look at that and think it's a misprint. Three and nineteen by itself is ooh. Uh, but then you dive in a little bit. They split their opening series of the year. It was a four-game series that they played against Atlanta. They split that. So they went two and two in their first series against the Braves, and they have won one. Count them. One game since, and they are three at 19. It's, um, uh, whew. Not good. Or three and twenty now with the loss. Three and twenty. Excuse me. Duh, I gave them too good of a record there. So uh, we saw Devin Williams get the save tonight. Josh Hader did not get up uh, when things got a little bit interesting on Sunday. It was Williams who got up uh, in the bullpen. So it was clear tonight something was up with Josh Hader. Like he had he rest was not an issue. He had plenty of rest, but it was not Hader in the ninth inning today. It was Williams. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago, and uh, the first question he had was uh basically where is josh Hader and what's going on with him
4: josh has had some mid-back spasms um started on saturday um so we've been we're trying to stay away from him he threw a bullpen today and everything went well um but he was not available tonight um he he should be available tomorrow or thursday um you know for sure i would say everything went well today in his bullpen so
0: has that been like a like game by game
2: sort of situation for him like where just,
4: where no it started saturday no it started saturday and so we've we've stayed away from him we're gonna we've you know he was he's been unavailable since saturday those pitchers and I, they delivered today for you with woody going deep and ashby giving you Wedding. Yeah, I mean we're coming off a day off, so we were in good shape, and the plan today was uh, to use Ashby, um, and he was he was pretty electric today, um, so it was everything went well. Craig, did you, did you feel like uh, Brandon had a little bit more zip on his fastball? That absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it's I thought his fastball was really good um and he and he held it like kind of throughout the game um it was it was a tough call taking him out there just didn't didn't go the way we wanted to but ultimately the the matchup was just too good to pass up unfortunately it didn't work but he woody's fastball was pretty special today um and um you know it was great to see. How about the run that the starting pitchers have had for you guys? I think first time in franchise history, three straight uh, double-digit strikeout performances by a starter. By starters. Yeah, I mean, well, we're we're throwing the ball well. The guys at the front are throwing the ball well. Our back end guys are throwing the ball well. So it's um, you know, it's a good formula, and you, you love you know every. It feels like the next, whoever the next day's. Whoever's, whoever is up the next day is, is, is as good as the guy the day before him. So it's um, they're in a good place right now and throwing the ball really well. But you split the, exactly like you did last year, just a little bit of everything, consistent offense, good plays in the field. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had a nice game. His at-bats were really – I thought his at-bats were very good. Um, made a really nice play in, to lead off the third, I think, on a tough ground ball. Um, so it was great to have him
1: back. Magic Craig Council meeting with the media just a little while ago. Brewers get the 6 3 win. How does it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers X Trainings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get
3: up! And this? Get out of here. Time for tonight's highlights.
1: Here's Matt Bolley. 6 3 Brewers get the win over the Reds. Pitchy matchup. Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the crew. Tyler Malley getting the start for Cincinnati. Reds tried to make a little bit of noise in the first inning, but Brandon Woodruff was making more noise. First battery faces. Tyler Naquin, he strikes out. That's going to become a trend. With two outs, Tommy Pham doubles, so the Reds have a runner on in scoring position for Mike Moustakis. Woodruff, here he comes. Swing and a miss, struck him
3: out. He strikes out a pair in the opening inning. S.A.P. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. There is a difference. Rams get nothing. Two out double by Tommy Pham. He
1: is left stranded. Couple strikeouts there in the first inning for Brandon Woodruff. He would uh, strike out two more in the second. In the third inning uh, there'd be two outs, one of which was a strikeout, and he's facing off against Tyler Naquin
0: one two pitch swing and a miss he chased a fastball at 97 from Woodruff and a couple of strikeouts in the inning for Brandon Woodruff another ortho ASAP strikeout and he takes care of the Reds here in the top of the third
1: yeah strikeout after strikeout Brewers would make some noise in the bottom of the third inning inning gets started with a Luis Urias uh, reaching on an air Colton Wong then walks So, runners on at first and second for Willie Adamas. 1-1 pitch. Adamas, a drive out to
0: center. Sinzel is back at the track. He looks up. Bye-bye baseball. The reigning NL player of the week gets this week started off right with a three-run
1: blast to center, and the Brewers grab a 3-0 lead. Travels 419 feet, but the Reds would get two of those runs back in the top of the fourth inning. With one out, it's Tommy Pham standing in.
0: Here comes the 2-2. Fly ball deep right field. Renfro racing back to the warning track. He climbs the wall, it is gone. Tommy Pham, who doubled off of Woodruff back in the first inning on a hard hit ball off the top of the wall and left, flies one out of here to right, and Pham makes this a 3-1 ball game
1: next hitter is Mike Moustakis.
0: Here's the 3-2 pitch. Breaking ball hammered out to right. Renfro goes back looks up and that's into the second deck above the Reds bullpen and the Reds have gone back to back. Pham and Moustakis and this is a 3-2 ball game.
1: But the Brewers get those runs back in the bottom of the inning with one out. Omar Nervaez walks. Lorenzo Cain They get to base it. Runners on at first and second for Urias. One two pitch, line drive down the left field line. That is a base hit for Urias.
0: Narvaez around third. He's going to score. It's an RBI single as Kane ends up at third, and the Brewers lead it four to two.
1: Welcome back, Wicho. That ends the day for Tyler Malley as Alexis Diaz comes in. He faces off against Colton Wong. Wong hits a sacrifice fly, and uh, that scores Lorenzo Cain. Brewers get both runs back, and it is a 5-2 game. The strikeouts continuing to uh, add up for Brandon Woodruff. In the fifth inning, he strikes out Colin Moran. The next hitter after that is Kyle Farmer.
3: Now the windup and the pitch. Swing and a miss. He blew him away upstairs again with number one. Strikeout number 10 for Woodruff tonight. 12th career time for
1: Woodruff that he has struck out 10 or more in a game. He would strike out all three hitters that he would face off against in the fifth. So 11 strikeouts for Woodruff. Going to the sixth inning, then he strikes out Tyler Naquin to get things going in the top of the sixth inning. Strikeout number 12, then Brandon Drury grounds out. So quickly, there's two outs in the sixth inning. Looks like he should be able to get through six, but Tommy Pham gets a base hit, and manager Craig Council goes to the bullpen. Aaron Ashby comes in. First batter he faces is Mike Moustakis. Here he comes,
3: line to deep center, Kane back, warning track, it's going to get off the wall, and here comes Fam around the score, and Moustakas, despite the left-hander, rips a double
1: off the center field wall. That makes it a 5-3 game. Ashby gets out of it with a Tyler Stevenson strikeout, and then Ashby puts up a 0 in the 7th and also the 8th inning. The Brewers get their final run of the day in the bottom of the 8th. It's Rowdy Tellez leading the inning off. Renfro is due next, the pitch. Rowdy is swinging a fly ball to left and deep.
3: Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Rowdy Tellez! And the Brewers add one more on an opposite field home run against the left-hander,
1: Philip Deal. Browning Telez with his fifth of the year. That makes it 6-3, which ends up being the final score. Devin Williams comes on for the save, and he gets it. Gets Mike Moustakas to pop out. Tyler Stevenson to strike out and then Nick Senzel to ground out and the Brewers come away with the 6-3 win. With the win the Brewers go to 16-8 while the Reds they drop to 3-20. 3-20 for the Reds. Winning totals for the crew. Six runs, six hits, no errors. They leave five. For Cincinnati three runs, six hits, one error. They leave three. Winning pitcher Woodruff, he's 3-1. Malley, the loss, he drops to 1-4. Williams, his second save. Home runs, Willie Adamas, his sixth. Rowdy Telez his fifth. Tommy Pham, his fourth. Mike Mustakis his first. The game lasting three hours and ten minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 21,961 folks here at American Family Field. Brewers get the 6-3 win. We'll come back. We'll preview game two of this three-game series. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Polly on ESPN
1: Milwaukee. 6-3 Brewers are victorious over the Reds around the NL Central tonight. The Cardinals losing in Kansas City to the Royals. 7-1. Dakota Hudson made the start for St. Louis, went six innings, allowing three runs on nine hits, and then their bullpen let down after that. The Cubs this evening, they lose to the White Sox. 3-1 was the final there, uh, and then the uh, Pirates went, and Tigers were postponed. That game is going to be uh, made up as part of a doubleheader in Detroit coming up tomorrow. Around the Brewers minor league system, we will start with A Carolina at home against Augusta, Carolina, all over Augusta, winning by a 14 to 1 score. Hi, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, they have a nice performance tonight as they shut out Fort Wayne nine to nothing at AA Biloxi. They lose at Montgomery 3-2. Uh, Biloxi had a one-run lead going to the bottom of the ninth inning, and then they got walked off. And Triple A Nashville, they lose at home to Norfolk by a seven four score. Brewers and Reds play game two of this three-game series tomorrow night here at American Family Field. Freddie Peralta will make the start for the crew. He Comes in with an 0-1 record and a 5 ERA. Vladimir Gutierrez will make the start for Cincinnati. He is 0-4 with a 7.41 ERA. No Bucks basketball tomorrow night, so uh, Brewers back on WTMJ. It's a 6:40 first pitch tomorrow. That means network coverage will begin at 6:05, and then uh, myself and Vinny Rotino we will be back with you following the game, uh, immediately following the network broadcast tomorrow night. Uh, on WTMJ. Once again, Brewers get the win tonight over Cincinnati by a 6-3 score. We'll talk to you tomorrow for more Brewers Baseball.